Psalm 34, beginning in verse number 4. David here is writing this psalm, and he says, I sought the Lord, and He heard me, and delivered me from all my fears. They looked unto Him and were not, I'm sorry, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamped round about them that fear him and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. And let's pray one more time together. Lord, we're thankful for your goodness. I pray, Lord, that as a result of our time uh, this morning here in this message, that, Lord, you would help us to understand your goodness in a greater way than we ever have before. Help it, Lord, to impact even the way we live our lives. Lord, these truths are not just for head knowledge. They're meant to help us to think correctly about you and to have the right perspective when we go through our life. Lord, help us to understand your goodness again in a, in a deeper way than we ever have before. And we'll thank you for all that you do in our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Early on in our marriage, um, I realized that my wife was strange. She liked this really, she liked to eat this really gross looking dip with her chips. It was green and chunky. Who would eat this? I learned the name of this it's guacamole. As I watched her eat this time and time again, it just was so repulsive to me. And she began to say, Eric, it's good. It's delicious. You should try some. And I said, I don't like it. She said, have you ever tried it? And I said, no, I haven't. But it's, I don't like it. Just based on looks alone. Well, finally, one day we were having lunch at a at a place in California called El Pollo Loco, the crazy chicken. How many have ever been to an El Pollo Loco? A few of you have. Um, and you have to be kind of crazy to eat there, but it is good. You are what you eat. Um, but uh, when we were eating there, I ordered uh, chicken taquitos, and they were delicious. They were fried chicken taquitos, absolutely wonderful. I would always get salsa to dip them in, and but they would always come with this guacamole. Well, I would always give that to her because I didn't want to have anything to do with this guacamole because it was green and chunky. Well, one day she said, Eric, I'm going to make you try this guacamole. And I went, oh, no. I don't want to try this guacamole. This is gross. It's going to taste like green, chunky stuff. I just don't know what that tastes like, but I know I don't like it. So she said, okay, Eric, I'm going to make you take, taste this. I said, all right. So I dipped it in there, but it was just, you know, barely even on the taquito, and I took a bite, and I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. She's like, no, 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 no. You're going to dive in there, and you're going to get a whole big glob of that guac on there, and you're going to try it and really taste what it's like. So I did. I dipped that thing in there, and I went, ah, I... <laughs> I need, I need time to prepare. I need time to prepare. And so I finally put it in my mouth and began to chew, and I was expecting the worst. As I chewed, I realized, you know what? I hate to admit it, 
but I actually kind of like this. She said, see, I told you. Oh, taste and see that this guacamole is good. (laughs) And I tasted and found out that this guacamole wasn't as bad as I thought it was. It actually was pretty good. The psalmist here, David, says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. Those who have a wrong picture of God have never tasted of the Lord because once you taste of the Lord, you'll find that he is indeed good and better than you can ever imagine. A.W. Tozer writes in his book, The Knowledge of the Holy, regarding the goodness of God. He says, The goodness of God is that which disposes him to be kind, cordial, benevolent, and full of goodwill toward men. He is tender-hearted and of quick sympathy. And his unfailing attitude toward all mortal beings is open, frank, and friendly. By his nature, he is inclined to bestow blessedness. And he takes holy pleasure in the happiness of his people. The truth that God is good is either directly taught or implied on every page of the entire Bible. The goodness of God. The psalmist in Psalm 119 verse 68 says this, Thou art good and doest good. Teach me thy statutes. You see, God is good. Isaiah 63 and verse 7 says, I will mention the loving kindness of the Lord and the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord hath bestowed on us and the great goodness toward the house of Israel, which he hath bestowed on them according to his mercies and according to the multitude of his loving kindnesses. Do you get from that verse that God is good? It is who he is. It is his nature to be good. Psalm 100 in verse number 5, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and His truth endureth to all generations. Nahum 1.7 says, the Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knoweth them that trust in Him. Matthew 7.11, Jesus, it was Jesus who said this, if ye then being evil... Know how to give good gifts unto your children. How much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him? See, God is a good God. He he gives us good and great gifts. It was said of Jesus, God in human flesh. See, walked and lived His and and performed His earthly ministry. In Acts chapter 38, it, it describes his earthly ministry, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. Jesus went about doing good. That's what he did for his 33 and a half years that he was here on this earth. You know, when you and I understand the goodness of God, it can literally change our lives when we have the perspective that God is not bad and God loves me and God is good to me. So this morning, I want to share with you three very important truths about God's goodness. So if you'd like to take notice, first of all, I want you to see, number one, the extent of God's goodness. God is good, but, but how good is He? How, how rich and how deep is His goodness? First of all, letter A, God's goodness is infinite. Infinite. Job 11 
Verse number seven says, Canst thou by searching find out God? Canst thou find out the Almighty unto perfection? You see, it's as high as heaven. What canst thou do? Deeper than hell, what canst thou thou know? The measure thereof is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. You see, every attribute that God has is infinite. There's no boundary to God's attributes, including His goodness that He has towards us. His goodness is an ocean that has no shore. His goodness is as a mountain that has no summit. And it's as a road that has no end. His goodness is infinite. Psalm 31, verse number 19. Oh, how great is thy goodness, the psalmist said, which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee, which thou hast wrought for them that trust in thee. God's goodness is completely infinite. It has no boundaries. God's goodness not only is infinite, but secondly, it's perfect. God's goodness is perfect. In uh, in Tozer's book on the attributes of God, he relays a story, a few stories about one of our great presidents in the past, Abraham Lincoln. And he said, I suppose one of the kindest men in American history was was Abraham Lincoln. When Lincoln visited the hospital, there was laying a young northern officer so badly wounded that it was obvious that he was going to perish. The nurse whispered to the president. She said, Mr. President, he can't make it. When the great, big, tall president went into the hospital ward and walked about among the men, and then he went over to this dying young officer and stooped down and kissed his forehead and said, Lieutenant, you've got to get well for me. And the nurses around said they heard this man whisper, Mr. President, I'll do it. And that young man did make it. Amen. Another time they went into his office where he sat gazing out the window over the grassy sward below and said, Mr. President, you seem very serious today. Yes, he said, today is butcher day and they're going to shoot a lot of boys today in the army for retreating under fire or doing something else in wartime. I don't blame those boys. They weren't being cowards. Their legs did it, he said. And along with his tears, he said, I'm going over the list and I'm going to save everyone that I can. You see, that's why we love Abraham Lincoln. Not because he freed the slaves or saved the Union, but because he had a big heart. But even he had a limit. It is said that somebody once came onto the White House lawn and saw Lincoln's wife, Mary, running and screaming with the great tall president following behind her with a paddle. Well, what's going on here, the person asked. He said, she won't obey. Wow. You see, even Lincoln in all his goodness could still get mad and could act unkind, but not the Lord. The kindest one to ever draw human breath is Jesus Christ. Psalm 145 and verse number 8, the Bible says, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. The Lord is good to all, and His tender mercies are over all His works. 
And again, it was Jesus who said in Matthew chapter 5, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven, for he maketh his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. The Lord is good to all. Jesus said, Be ye therefore perfect, even as your Father which in heaven is perfect, and he is perfect in his goodness. God's goodness, along with all of his attributes, is absolutely perfect. There's no tarnish, there's no blemish at all. There's never been a moment where God has not been good. So God's goodness is infinite. God's goodness is perfect. And thirdly, God's goodness is continual. It's continual. Psalm 23 is that, as David finishes that that very wonderful and sweet psalm, he says, Surely goodness... And mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You ever think about this, that God never has ever had a bad day? He's always good. God never woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Have you ever considered the fact that God never needs a cup of coffee to be good or kind? If I were to ask the question, how many of you before coffee are just a wonderful person to be around? I don't know how many hands would go up. <laughs> uh, some of us need a couple coffee, couple pots of coffee to be uh, in, in the right state of mind. God never needs any of that. He is always good. In other words, God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good. A.W. Tozer again said this, Divine goodness, as one of God's attributes, is self-caused, infinite, perfect, and eternal. Since God is immutable, He never varies in the intensity of His loving kindness. He has never been kinder than He is now, nor will He ever be less kind. There's never been a point in history where God was a little bit less kind than He is right now. You see, God is always good, and He's always perfect in His goodness. And so that's the extent of God's goodness. The extent is, it's infinite. He's perfect, and it's continual. It's eternal. But I want to show you, secondly, this morning, the the expression of God's goodness. How does God express His goodness in our lives? Well, once again, we could be here for a long time discussing the answer to that question morning i'd like to share with you four expressions of his goodness letter a or first of all i want you to see in creation creation was a a wonderful expression of god's goodness to all of us psalm 34 if you kind of keep your place there let's turn all the way to the very beginning of the bible all the way in the book of genesis genesis chapter number one As God begins to create all that we know in six literal days, by the way. Verse number 10, as he gets to uh, verse number 9, God said, Let the waters under the heaven be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the gathering there uh, together, the waters called he seas. And God saw that it was, what's that next word? Good. So God's goodness is displayed in creation. Look in verse number 12. 
The herb brought forth grass, an herb yielding seed after his kind, the tree yielding fruit, whose seed was in itself after his kind. And God saw again that it was good. Verse number 18. Uh, He makes the stars and the sun and the moon. And in verse number 18, to rule over the day and over the night and divide the light from the darkness. And again, God saw that it was good. Verse number 21, God created great whales and every living creature that moveth, which the water brought forth abundantly after their kind, and every winged fowl after his kind, and God saw that it was good. Verse number 25, God made the beasts of the earth after his kind, cattle after their kind, and everything that creepeth upon the earth after his kind, God saw that it was good. Verse 31, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. The evening and the morning were the sixth day. The goodness of God was expressed in creation as he made everything for his pleasure and for our good. Every detail was perfectly designed because he's good. He is a good God. So creation was a wonderful expression of God's goodness. I think secondly, salvation. Wonderful expression of God's goodness. The fact that God would want to Save a wretched sinner like me is a testimony of God's goodness in my life. God's goodness just in general. Psalm 86 in verse number 5, the Bible says, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. You see, God is good and ready to forgive me and you of our sins. He didn't have to do that. But because God is good, He is offering salvation to all. Romans chapter 2 and verse number 4 says, Paul here is talking to these Christians there at Rome, and he says, Or despisest thou the riches of His goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. You see, the goodness of God in our lives is, acts as kind of a, as, as a guide to a point of repentance, to a point where God, where we can be saved, to a point where we can have eternal life and have a relationship with God. God was good to provide a way of salvation for me. He was good to lead me to repentance. Back when I was 12 years old and I realized that I had heard the gospel, I had uh, heard about how salvation was in Christ alone, and, but yet I had never believed on Christ for myself. And I remember sitting there, I've shared the story with you before there at my dining room table at 806 East Lansford Street there in Lancaster, California. On Christmas night, when everybody was in their own rooms doing their own thing, I was there at my dining room table. I was going through this booklet uh, for my church, and it it said, you need to write the date that you uh, trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And I remember looking at that thinking, I know I've heard about that. Uh, All these years, I've been going to church hearing about believing on Christ alone for salvation and and placing your faith in Him, but I realized that I had never actually done that. I had never actually believed on Christ. And so right there, about 6.30 in the evening, on Christmas night, I placed my faith in Jesus Christ alone for my salvation. Wonderful tribute and expression of God's goodness in my life to bring me to that point, to bring me to that decision. 
You see, 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. See, God's goodness is displayed and expressed here in this story of salvation. His goodness is also expressed in this concept of eternity. There's a song that someone wrote, and the end of this song, it says this, He and I, in that bright glory, one deep joy share. Mine to be forever with Him, and His that I am there. Did you ever stop to think that God is going to be as pleased to have you with Him in heaven as you are to be there? I know I'm looking forward to going to heaven. I'm looking forward to seeing my mom who passed on when she was only 44 years old. I'm looking forward to seeing those uh, saints in the Bible that we read about. I'm looking forward to the mansion. I'm looking forward to the crystal sea, the streets of gold, but mostly looking forward to being with my Lord. But you know what? He's looking forward to me being there too because he's good. He loves me and he wants to be with me. Heaven truly is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. So in eternity, His goodness is going to be on display for all of eternity for us to enjoy. Fourthly, His goodness is also expressed in our everyday lives. You see, He's good to shower us with blessings each and every day. That's why it's important for us to count our blessings as we sang at the beginning of our service this morning to count our blessings, to name them one by one, and and it will surprise you what the Lord has done, and and we'll see His goodness displayed in our lives. Oh, the everyday blessings that sometimes we take for granted, the fact that you're able to breathe this morning. There's people around this world who are struggling to breathe right now, but you have the ability to do so, and that's that's a gift of God. That's God's goodness in our lives the families that we have, the salvation that we get to have, all the blessings are a tribute of God's goodness. Psalm 68 and verse number 19, I do love this verse. Every time I read it, I just kind of stop here and just appreciate it. Psalm 68, 19 says, Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation, Selah. He daily loads us with benefits, and He does. Every day, we get loaded with blessings. You say, well, today wasn't really that great of a blessing because I had heard some bad news. Well, it's because you're not counting the blessings because even in the difficult days, you can still count your blessings and name them one by one. There's still something to be thankful for. Even when things aren't going our way, God is still good. I was told of... Corey Ten Boom, most of you have heard about her, a Dutch watchmaker and later a writer who worked with her family, another family, or worked with her father, I'm sorry, another family members to help many Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust during World War II by hiding them in, in her home. And she wrote this, often I have heard people say, how good God is. We prayed that it would not rain for our church picnic and look at the lovely weather. Yes, God is good when he sends good weather, but God was also good when he allowed my sister, Betsy, to starve to death 
before my eyes in a German concentration camp. That's perspective. She said, I remember one occasion when I was very discouraged there. Everything around us was dark and there, were, there was darkness in my heart. I remember telling Betsy that I thought God had forgotten us. No, Corey, said Betsy. He has not forgotten us. Remember his word, for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his steadfast love towards those who fear him. Corey went on to say, there is an ocean of God's love available. There is plenty for everyone. May God grant you never to doubt that victorious love, whatever the circumstances. See, God is good in the good times when the weather is nice. But God is good when things are not going super well. Romans 8, 28, who could forget this verse that Paul said there, we know all things work together for good to them that love God and to them who are called according to his purpose. I also read about one of God's faithful missionaries, Alan Gardner, who, was experienced, or who experienced many physical difficulties and hardships through his service to the Savior. Despite his troubles, he said, while God gives me strength, failure will not daunt me. Well, in 1851, at the age of 57, he died of disease and starvation while serving on Picton Island at the southern tip of South America. While his body was, when his body was found, his diary was laying nearby. It bore the record of hunger, thirst, wounds, and loneliness. The last entry in his little book showed the struggle of his shaking hand as he tried to write legibly. It read this. I am overwhelmed with the sense of the goodness of God. You see, even when difficulties arise in our lives, we can still rejoice in God's goodness. So we've seen the extent of God's goodness, and we've seen the expression of God's goodness. But thirdly, and I would say even most importantly for us today, is the effect of God's goodness and the effect that God's goodness should have in our life. It should produce something. When we stop and think about God's goodness, it should produce our lives to be different. What should it produce? Well, it should produce, first of all, a life of praise. A life of praise. Back in Psalm 34, in verse number 1, David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Going through the good times when I'm crowned king and when I'm running from Saul, I'm going to praise the Lord because I'm focused on God's goodness. We're told many times in the book of Psalms, especially, to praise the Lord because of His goodness. Psalm 106 and verse number 1, you can jot some of these references down to look up later, but Psalm 106, verse 1, Praise ye the Lord, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Psalm 107, verse 1, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. You see, the goodness of God produced a life of praise for these psalmists. Psalm 118, verse 1, O give thanks unto the Lord again, for He is good, because His mercy endureth forever. Psalm 136, Verse 1, common theme here. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. I'd like to invite you to turn over to Psalm 107. Psalm 107. 
I want to show you this in this particular psalm here. Verse number, verse number 1. We already mentioned it. We already read it. But I'll read it again. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. Now jump down to verse number 8. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Now jump down to verse number 15. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Do you see a theme, a pattern happening here? Verse number 21. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. Oh, we're not done yet. Look in verse number 31. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for His goodness and for His wonderful works to the children of men. So here we see four or five different times in this chapter alone that we're encouraged to praise the Lord because of His goodness. We sometimes get asked about our prayer life, like, hey, brother, how is your prayer life? Today I want to ask you about your praise life. How are you doing with your praise life? I realize it's not November. And, you know, we're not supposed to praise the Lord unless it's November and we have turkey and stuffing and pumpkin pie around the house. Then we'll praise the Lord. No, we need to praise the Lord all the time as believers. You see, the Christian life should be a a life of praise. Especially when you consider the fact that His goodness is infinite. It's perfect and continual. Psalm 63 in verse number 3 says, Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. Because you're good, God, I'm going to praise you. And so I want to encourage all of us as we consider the goodness of God to walk away from this place, better praisers of the Lord. Um, We can stand to grow in this area. We can stand to grow in a lot of areas in our Christian life, but this is one that I think we need to work on as we go through our lives in the good days and the bad days when we get good news and bad news we still praise the lord we we, we're glad in the lord be glad in the lord so a life of praise it should produce it also should produce a life of trust a life of trust back in psalm 34 verse number eight oh taste and see that the lord is good blessed is the man that trusteth in him You see, when when you understand God's goodness, you can live a life of trust in Him. Even when things aren't going the way that you wish they were, you know that God is good and He's going to work all things together for good. And you can trust Him. And you can keep going. You don't need to fret. You don't need to worry. You don't need to... It doesn't mean that you're always going to just be super happy, but you can have a life of trust in the difficult times. Psalm 36 and verse number 7. A lot of references uh, today, but... How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God! Therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. The psalmist said, your loving kindness, your goodness in my life is excellent. It's great. Because of that, I'm going to put my trust in you. I would hope that as you face difficulties, as you face trials in your life, that you'll, you'll trust the Lord through it all because He is good. You know, when a friend says or does, uh, does something or says something, you may wonder what their intent was, right? You may get a text and you're like, I wonder what they really meant by that. 
Or they may say something to you and you're like, I'm not sure what they meant by that comment. You know, when it comes to God and everything that He does in our lives, you don't need to be suspicious. You don't need to wonder, oh, what God, what's God trying to do? Is He trying to be mean to me? He's never trying to be mean because He's never mean. He's good. You can trust in His infinite, perfect, and continual goodness. Jesus said this about Himself in John chapter 10, in verse number 11. He said, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. So look, whether he makes you lie down in green pastures, whether he leads you beside the still waters or through the valley of the shadow of death, you can trust him because he is indeed the good shepherd. He's not just a shepherd. He's the good shepherd. Think about Joseph in the book of Genesis. Here was a man who trusted God when he went through some very difficult circumstances. He trusted the Lord when he was sold into slavery and then lied about in Potiphar's house. He continued to trust in the Lord when he was cast into prison for a crime that he didn't even commit. He kept his faith in the Lord even though he was forgotten about in prison for years. In spite of all the difficulty and trial he experienced, he continued to trust God because he knew that God was, and he knew that God is, and that God will always be good. Here's the personal testimony that he shared with his brothers. The end of the book of Genesis, in verse 20, or Genesis 50, verse 20. But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as this day to save much people alive. See, through it all, Joseph's mentality was, God is good. I, don't, I can trust him. Even though I don't understand why I'm in this prison, even though I may not understand why I'm in Potiphar's house, I've been sold by my brothers, my own family members. I trust him because he's good. Psalm 34 and verse number 8, again, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. I want to close with one verse this morning, and I would invite you to turn over to Romans chapter 11, if you would. We'll look at one more verse, and then we'll be done this morning. The goodness of God. Aren't you glad God is good? I am too. Romans eleven twenty-two. Romans chapter 11, verse number 22, it says, Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. On them which fell, severity. But toward thee, goodness. If thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shall be cut off. You know, as good as God is, he's also severe. This is a reference to the nation of Israel. We won't get into the, all the theological implications of all this, but know this. You can be on God's good side or you can deal with the severity of God. It's up to you. And it all depends on what you and I do with Jesus Christ, His Son. Whether we believe Him and receive Him as our Savior, or if we reject Him. If you and I choose to reject Him, then we will deal with the severity of God. If we choose to receive Him and trust Him, alone for our salvation, we will experience and taste and see 
that the Lord is good. And if you've never tasted of the Lord, I would encourage you to do it, to try, to taste and see, and you'll discover that God is indeed good. Gooder, I know that's not a word, gooder than you can imagine, gooder than you can fathom. God is beyond our comprehension in his goodness. So it's up to us what we do with God's, uh, with, with, with his son, Jesus Christ. If we choose to receive by believing in him alone for salvation, we'll have God's goodness. But if we don't, we'll be cut off and experience the severity of God. It's our choice.